Wake up. Yeah. With Darren, Kerry and Sky. East Coast Radio. It's time now for our hashtag expert series, Wendy Nola Today, where we give you an opportunity to ask any consumer-related question to Wendy Nola between now and nine. You can send your questions via WhatsApp 061-792-9495. Uh, we can even call you back if you'd like that as an option. Hello, Wendy lady. Good morning, Darren. So we're going to go straight Good. into no, Laka, Laka. Yes. Straight into the first question. This one's from Michelle Schumacher. She says, I extended my vehicle's service plan, changed my mind and decided to rather buy a new car. I requested a full refund and they agreed, but I haven't received my refund and I've been charged with admin fees. The dealer also contacted me to say I do not qualify for the refund because they are using the money for admin fees. And then? <laughs> okay. All right. So that has to be underpinned by a contract. They can't just suck that out of their thumb. That she had to, that they had to have been in a contract. And of course, most of us don't read the terms and conditions. But it sounds like they're making it up as they go along. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm understanding this text correctly, there was that admin fee they're expecting you to pay is well over a thousand rand. And I would say that's certainly not justified given. You know, there was no cover and how quickly she cancelled it. Mm. So I would certainly contest that um, and ask to see ask to see the, the, the contract term on which they're basing that. Okay. Um, and if she needs my help, she's welcome to email me. That's uh, Wendy Nola Consumer on Facebook. There's a mail option there. And then, uh, Wendy, we got this one from Manny. My son, Tiki Taka, recently purchased a house. Two months later, he found Bora on the doors. Does he have a claim with mm. the previous owner how does he go about the claim hmm. okay so so when we buy a house we have there's certain um, assurances that we get in terms of official uh, certificates so the one is the electrical that's everywhere mm-hmm. and then in certain parts of Durban the Bora belt as mm. it's known um, you have to get an entomologist certificate um, around it being borer free and that's why often you see homes being tented and it's during the sale process because Mm. the entomologist will say oh no this roof is riddled with borer and and that certainly happened with the house I bought Um, in my case it was was clearly not done because a rat ran over um, me in the middle of the night and that was actually my first ever consumer column in 1998 Hmm. Um, um, and we interrogated the um, extermination, whatever you call it, and they hadn't actually put any gas in the in the tent. Wow. Um, and it had to be redone and not at my cost. So certainly, um, if, there's, if there's still an active infestation and it's different from old, um, what do they call it, that sawdust-looking stuff. There's a certain mm. fress, I think they call it, fress. It, it's, that's dark. The new stuff is is very blonde. Um, if, so if there's an active uh, infestation, then certainly go back to the entomologist that issued the certificate mm. and mm. take it from there because you've been had. And I, I can certainly help you with that. Yeah, that sure. does bring up the old phrase. I, I don't remember the name, but I recognize the fress. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, uh, normally, how I'm often? I remember that word. Yeah. <laughs> how long? I mean, I know that the house gets tented. How long um, after it has been the, the entomologist certificate is that valid for? Because this is two months. Now later. you're asking me. Yes, it will. Certainly, there shouldn't be a, a, an infestation um, two months later. But those awful little things mm. do fly, and they can fly straight back in. But they're yeah. not. It's not going to be. There's an entomologist 
might just, I would say, certainly get a second opinion, but yeah. not, it's not going to be an active infestation that quickly after it, uh, uh, it's it been um, eliminated okay. by whatever means. Or, in fact, you know, there has to be a certificate, so start there. Mm. Yeah. And then Wendy Nola, good morning, firstly. And we've got a voice good note morning, for you Kerry. from Brittany. Good morning, my name is Brittany, Brittany and I have a question for Wendy Nola. Um, at the moment, my bank is charging me interest and also um, fees for my debit orders bouncing for my loan account. Is there a way that I can get rid of that interest and those debit order fees, which range to 100 Rand per bounce, in order to help get my loan account down? I am paying a small amount monthly, but the interest is more than what I can afford at the moment as I'm unemployed with COVID. Hmm. A lot of people want another answer to that question. Wendy? Well, this person would like to know the question because I couldn't hear the first voice notes, I'm afraid. Could you paraphrase for me? So, uh, basically, um, she's not able to pay off um, the debt. She is paying a little bit of the amount, but there are there's added interest. And the, 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 Is there any way she can speak to her bank to cut down on uh, the interest on the debt that she has to pay? Okay, I'm not sure whether she had to take a payment holiday. I'm getting loads of complaints and queries around that. But essentially, um, even in these extraordinary times, banks are entitled and other credit providers are entitled to charge interest. That's mm. how they make their money. Um, so um, all I can say is that the banks are certainly um, required or morally required, I would say at this time, to um, be empathetic because of the scale, the, yeah. the sheer numbers of people who found themselves in this in, in financial distress through no fault of their own in many cases. And I can also tell you that the Ombudsman for Banking Services very recently issued a sort of, um, they, they, they are compelling banks to treat vulnerable, what they call vulnerable customers with a lot of empathy and give them mm. some, basically some slack. So vulnerable being, um, if you've been forced or your spouse has, been, uh, has died mm. or you are f- financially illiterate or you're yeah. disabled or you're old. So if you fall into one of those categories, play the vulnerable customer card because yeah. it counts for something. The OBS says so. Um, but otherwise, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the details yeah. there, but all I can say is negotiate, but you can't expect a complete waiving of interest. Um, yeah. Just, you know, because I think also you, you did yeah. enter into the conversation with the bank. Don't expect them to just do stuff. Phone them up, phone, uh, give them a call, let them know what the situation is, and I'm sure they'll try and make a plan. Wendy Nola uh, answers your consumer-related questions between now and nine. You can WhatsApp 061-792-9495. Um, any questions asked and answered will be on a full podcast on the website a little bit later. A little bit later. Yeah, a little bit later, but also later. <laughs> um, earlier, Wendy answered the question, what do you do when you purchase a new house and it's riddled with borers? That's there. Here's another question. Wendy... Earlier this year, yes. I had a blood test done at my GP. I clearly asked the doctor if my medical aid does not cover the procedure. They said that they would contact me first. Then, about a month later, Lancet calls me with a 2,500 rand bill without calling me first. Is this legal? Oh, gosh. Okay, so... Um who did she ask? She asked the doctor if she would be contacted first. She asked the doctor, um, does the, will my medical aid uh, cover this? And uh, will I be contacted first before any okay. decisions are made? Okay, so she should have been if that was the, the deal. Yeah. Um, 
the medical aid will normally cover those uh, blood tests. Um, I do get a lot of complaints that where they have the medical aid for whatever reason rejects them and suddenly the lab has handed them over for collection. Hmm. And it's been explained to me by many people in the medical profession that that's often just because the doctor uses the wrong code. It's a code issue and there's no actual reason why that test should have been rejected for payment by the medical scheme. Hmm. It's just that it's a code issue and no one interrogates it and the poor patient then just gets left to pay. So hmm. my the original question is shouldn't she have been told if that was the doctor's undertaking? Yes, but I'm guessing there's no proof that there was such an undertaking. So now she must deal with the problem and that is she's got a two and a half thousand rand bill. That's the other thing. You don't know what it's going to be until you get it. Yeah. Um, if the medical scheme won't cover it, um, she must interrogate the code issue and if she's still um, sitting with a problem with payment, um, she's welcome to to let me have a look at it by right. emailing me. And then Wendy, we've got okay. a message here for you from Debbie Nordea. Debbie says, Morning, Wendy. I've just been into Heather's uniform shop in Westville to purchase some school trousers. When I paid, I was told that they do not allow refunds or exchange because of COVID. Earlier, I'd phoned to get prices and sizes, and the lady told me the same thing on the phone. Is this allowed? I'm not intending to exchange the trousers. However, I would just like to know if shops are allowed to do this. I didn't see up any signs regarding this. I may have missed them because I wasn't actually looking for them. Thank you for all the hard work you do, Wendy. From Debbie. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this, I love this question because it's it's a it's a this returns issue affects yeah. so many people and so many people get it wrong. So first thing to understand is when you buy something in a normal shop in the normal way, unless there's something wrong with them, you don't have an automatic legal right to get a refund or an exchange or anything. You don't have a right to take them back at all. So most stores will do exchanges, um, uh, but they don't have to refund you, right? There is a, if you buy online because you don't have a chance to try on or, or look at anything, then you have a seven day cooling off period to send it back for a full refund. Mm. Um, but in this case, the question is uh, the COVID thing. Um, the COVID thing is a red herring if if the, the trousers are not um, defective. But some at the beginning, I don't know if you remember, we spoke at the beginning of lockdown. Some stores, including Woolworths, were started saying, well, you can't try on because of COVID and then you can't bring back until after lockdown. And then they quickly realized that's not legal because you can't stop someone trying on. So the thing is, um, we have you know, responsibilities as consumers. So one of them is to make sure that what we're buying is is what we actually want because you've got to understand you don't have a legal right to take it back for anything, much less a refund. So if there's a store allowed the, the, the uniform to be tried on, um, they're within their rights to say, sorry, we're not taking them back. If they don't allow trying on, um, they can't then say we're not taking them back because you didn't have, you couldn't have the opportunity to make sure that they fit mm. it. So, you know, COVID has, has thrown this whole returns issue into a lot of more confusion than there was already. But the bottom line is um, make sure what the returns policy is before you buy. If you think you might want to take them back and don't just accept a yes, you can bring them back. Say, what what are your what are your policies? Do you do I get a refund or do I just get a credit note or what it is? Because a lot of people here, yes, you can bring it back, and they're thinking, oh yeah, I can get my money back, but mm. that's not a, that's not what the store intends. So 
make sure, especially if you're buying something without trying it on, you must know exactly where you stand um, if you need to bring it back. And then just uh, one more here, Wendy from D Nice uh, Fisher. My question for Wendy is what can I do to get rid of a tenant that refuses to sign the lease agreement that was sent to him several times or pay the rental owed for four months? Oi. Mm. Okay. Um, we've moved into lockdown level two. So as far as I'm aware, the, the um, eviction processes can now go ahead. So all I can say is you've got to do it uh, legally. Um, uh, certainly, you know, not being paid rent uh, um, at all or very much short paid is, you know, it's not it's something that a landlord has to accept no matter what the circumstances are. But I would just say, you know, do it legally, get the help of a lawyer and start that process. It first has to be applied for and then it, the, the eviction notice needs to be served. And I can tell you that there's a massive backlog. So you might uh, yeah, just be prepared for that. But um, if it's already been four months and no payment, unless that person is now going to start working again and the reason they couldn't pay was because they had no income, mm. uh, it might be worth negotiating and finding out, uh, you know, coming to some kind of payment compromise, which might be easier and quicker. But if the tenant doesn't want to sign the lease, then um, that doesn't sound like this, he or she is very cooperative. Mm-hmm. Just a, wo- a warning to, le- to people renting out property, Never go into the deal. Never let the person move in without a lease being yeah, signed. Yeah. Take both of you. Yeah, absolutely. That's like the biggest, biggest warning ever. Thank you, Wendy. If you want to get hold of Wendy directly, it's on her Facebook, Wendy Nola Consumer, and there is an email option there. Wake up with Darren Kerry and Sky. Wake up now. Darren Kerry and Sky. East Coast Radio.